Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with people that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing or spirituality or social transformation. And I hope you really enjoyed the last episode. I believe it was episode 58 where I interviewed Jordan Sather and I felt so in tune with him, like I really got him and he really got me that I invited him to interview me because I thought he would do a great job of drawing me out in ways that maybe other people haven't. And I just had a sense it would be really valuable and it'd be a lot of fun. So those of you who want to learn more about Jordan, just go back to the show notes in episode number 58 at cuttingedgedoc.com, where you could put Sather, S-A-T-H-E-R in the search box, and it'll take you right to that episode. And then you can read the show notes, or if you want to listen to that show, you can just click on the arrow. So without further ado, I'm going to turn the rest of the show over to Jordan, and I'm in Jordan's hands. So welcome, Jordan, to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm in your hands. Thank you, my friend. This is Jordan Sather. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Destroying the Illusion, where I try to report the truth and nothing but the truth. And Dr. David is nice enough to have me on his show today interviewing him. So it's an honor to be here, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Now, to kick things off, I want to hear your own awakening experience because we all have our own unique ways in which the veal lifts or our own illusions begin to be broken. So I want to hear how you became essentially more aware of what's really going on or what, what initially sparked your interest in the reality of things. Okay. I know we're, I know we only have about an hour, so I'm going to uh, try to be real compact. So feel free to interrupt me if I'm going too far off on a tangent, but um, something we're both great at. (laughs) When I was a little kid, um, I was pretty serious, like more serious than most kids. And I was, uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was very energetically sensitive and quite empathic, but I didn't know that. So I was picking up a lot of other energies that I didn't know they were other energies. But um, anyway, my point was when I was uh, a child, in a young teenager, I was probably more serious than most people, and the things that I was picking up on were probably on a little different frequency than most people, but I didn't really know that. Um, I just knew that I felt a little different, maybe a little lonely, and um, I had to sort that out, and, you know, I went through a period of wondering if there was something wrong with me, or if there was something wrong with the world, or other people, and um, thank God I sorted that out and realized that it had nothing to do with right and wrong. It just had to do with energy and vibration and different frequencies. And some go together well and some don't. But anyway, when I was a little kid, there were a couple of questions that I didn't have the words for at the time. But looking back on it now, I can see that there were a couple of questions that were really driving my life. And one was, 
if there really is a loving God, how come there's so much suffering in this world? Would a loving father have that? So that was kind of like one question that I really was committed to living inside of even before I was aware that that was the question that I was living inside of. And a corollary to that, which was also driving me, was I really wanted to understand how come some people were so healthy and happy and successful and how come other people were so unhealthy and unhappy and unsuccessful? And, you know, was this random? Uh, How much free will do we have? How can we harness that? So those were really the two questions that were driving my search without even knowing that that those were the questions. And that took, that took me in many places, in many directions, and um, by the grace of God and, and, and a pure heart and commitment on my part, I had quite a radical awakening experience around my 19th birthday, which I won't have time to get into, but um, I had already, as a young child and teenager, I was already aware that I was an excellent teacher. Um, I just, you know, some people come into a lifetime with certain advantages and strengths, and that was one that I came into. If there was anything that I knew how to do or anything that I understood, I could teach it, and I enjoyed teaching, and it came to me really easily. So I I knew I was a good teacher, but um, I, um, I, I hadn't been exposed to the natural healing arts. I'd only been exposed. My parents were totally immersed in the whole drug and surgery ball game, and which I had no interest in. And so it wasn't until later on in my early 20s when I started getting exposed to the natural healing arts that I realized that I had a gift for healing um, and working with energy as well. So my life has really been a combination of my teaching gifts and my healing gifts all in the context of this awakening and wanting that to ripen and then wanting to pay that forward. And so in my ongoing expression of that um, awakening, as you know, it has a tendency to expand into larger dynamics. You know, we start out by becoming more aware and healing ourselves as individuals. And then once we reach a certain level of clarity and wholeness at that level, then we start confronting the next dynamic, which is the health of our relationships. And then as that comes into some kind of balance, then we start becoming more aware of um, the health or lack of health of the groups and organizations and communities that we're a part of. And as you, as the fog kind of lifts in those areas, eventually, if you, if you really want to know truth and you take it far enough, eventually you confront our whole society. And it was very obvious to me that something wasn't right. Like just using common sense, like, absolutely, like, well, if we have the wherewithal, to uh, put a man on the moon, we should have the wherewithal to be able to feed people and we should have the wherewithal to be able to have good schools for our kids. And it was obvious to me 
even though I had no idea what was going on, it was obvious to me that this wasn't, this couldn't be random. There must be something going on, but I had no idea what it was. And I, you know, as a, as a, as a compassionate service to others being, uh, it, it was just not on my radar that there could be people that just are completely um, unempathic and didn't care. That was just inconceivable to me. But sometime around the late 1980s, when I must have been in my early 30s, I started coming across the whole body of knowledge. I don't know what you would call it, Jordan. You probably have a good word for it. The whole body of knowledge where people who have discovered the 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 planetary and extraplanetary game that's going on. They started to speak about it and write about it. And I started to intersect with that body of knowledge in the mm-hmm. late 1980s. And in the beginning, it was literally shocking to me. I, I, I probably went through a period of about three weeks where um, I thought I was in the twilight zone. And uh, it was, was there like, a specific event that, Cattle uh, occurred to put you into that zone. Just, just really getting into the reading. Okay, it's really almost, getting, it's yeah, almost really, as if you just never stopped questioning. And that's no, I, I, I've always been a, I've always been a lover of truth, and mm-hmm. I have a pretty good Bolshitsky meter, <laughs> and a real commitment to continue to ask questions and to live inside questions until I get satisfactory answers and it was really shocking to me when I got into college how few people at the college level had that same commitment it was it was that was another thing that was shocking to me but anyway as I started to understand more about the game that was going on on the planet and the degree of darkness that had overcome our society uh, it really tested my faith, and finally, I worked it out, and I understood what was going on, and at the same time, really started getting satisfactory answers to those at uh, deeper satisfactory answers to those two questions that were driving me as a child and so yeah. what my life has been about has been about combining my teaching gifts and my healing gifts in service to the light and in service to radical awakening. And pretty much everything in my life can be understood and illuminated better with that context of understanding. Awesome. That's awesome, my friend. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about your perspective your route of um, healthcare knowledge and, and what you okay what you believe in that because you said that your parents were very into the cut poison burn medical system so it sounds like they catalyzed you to really focus on the like you said the natural healing arts and I just want to I just want to know because we didn't get to talk too much in our interview um, about health and I just want you to Discuss some of your philosophies on health. Okay. Well, in terms of my development, what happened was, was I was um, 
I was getting all these realizations at the level of spirituality and psychology. And then I realized that I had a gap in my knowledge, that I didn't really know much about the physical body. And so I started studying the physical body. I started studying anatomy and physiology. And I started realizing that the body is the most amazing creation, physical creation ever. It's just it's amazing, completely mind-boggling. And uh, being a Taurus myself, um, um, I just think I had a natural affinity for for the body there. And um, so as I started, and so out of my interest in wanting to understand the body, because I want to understand what made people tick and realized that uh, a lot of what influences how the world occurs to people has to do not only with what people are being or how their mind is working, but it also has a lot to do with how their body is working. And so I just kind of dove in there and I think it triggered a lot of soul knowledge and there were a lot of downloads and I just naturally got attracted to some really excellent teachers and started getting exposed to a wide variety of healers and natural healing arts and just kind of felt my way through about uh, which approaches I had a natural affinity for and ability for and things just kept evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving and throwing out what didn't work and taking what did work and work, make it work better and ask some new questions and develop models that uh, seem to be more and more comprehensive and honing mm-hmm. my skills. And it just, um, it just has continued to, to unfold. That's great. So you really focus on um, the physical body as well as the spiritual. I know you're a chiropractor by trade, right? I am a chiropractor because um, because the health of the nervous system is vital. The, uh, the way we move and use our body is vital. I'm also uh, very knowledgeable in the area of clinical nutrition and clinical awesome. herbology, and also do some work with homeopathy and uh, flower essences and aromatherapy as well. And then I also do a lot of um, coaching work and also a lot of energetically based emotional clearing work as Sweet. well. So, so in my view. In my view, everything is a unity. And, uh, and so my approach to people is very holographic and I've developed uh, a high level of skill to discern where are the best places to make interventions to get the most bang for the buck and what combination of interventions seems to work best. And I'm good at discovering meta patterns that a lot of other people don't see. So you're truly holistic by nature, which yes. is which yes. is fantastic because I often come across across chiropractors who call themselves holistic, but just because you work in an alternative health field doesn't necessarily mean that you're holistic. No, there so, are many people who are using natural methods in a mindset 
it's a very compartmentalized mindset that, that is still very uh, very dualistic and billiard ball cause and effect type mm -hmm. model and uh, so that's one of the challenges in marketing myself is a lot of these words like holistic and chiropractic and transformation and coaching a lot of these words have been bastardized and watered down and diluted to the point where they've lost their power but of course mm -hmm. as you know that is one of the ways that the dark energies work is by adulterating language just like the word natural it means nothing on labels these days yeah and so um it just continues to evolve and unfold. And, um, and so, you know, the conditions that allow human beings to flourish is something that's always been an interesting question to me. What conditions, whether they be structural, neurological, biochemical, uh, uh, philosophical, uh, economic, political, what conditions or structures allow human beings to flourish? That's always been an interesting question to me. And so living inside that question combined with my uh, readiness and ability to confront some of the larger dynamics, including society, uh, if you take an honest look at that, you come face to face with some huge dysfunctionality that's going on in just about every institution of our culture. And so, as you know, that, that dysfunctionality has been becoming harder and harder to cover up and harder and harder to hide because we have a whole overly patriarchal culture that is breaking down faster and faster yeah. every day. And so um, that, commitment eventually took me into doing quite a bit of speaking and writing, primarily writing about um, what was going on politically. And that really came to a head this last year because there were so many people that were good-hearted people that had been duped by the, um, by the neoliberal agenda and uh, were unwittingly basically lining up for their own suicide. And so I, I took a, a leap of faith, which took a lot of courage because I knew that it would be unpopular with many people. But over the last um, probably six months of 2016, I probably wrote hundreds of pieces on Facebook trying to wake people up to uh, what was really going on behind the whole uh, Clinton situation. And, um, you know, I was not a big Trump supporter, but I was just so pleasantly surprised when, um, when we escaped the clutches of the cabal at that level back in November. And then ever since then, what I've been attempting to do at that level has been to um, awaken people to the possibilities and the potential pitfalls of the Trump era and um, 
that's something I'd be willing to talk a lot more about. But it's obvious to me that um, that Trump is acting as a catalyst, uh, uh, and uh, and hopefully that increased interest and desire that people have in that aspect of human life uh, can be harnessed um, and and put to really good use. Absolutely. The, the duality conscious that you mentioned earlier is really coming to a head right now. You can see the division. Yes. And um, I had a question for you. Earlier you mentioned a term, you, you said service to others. And it's a very interesting term because it's often talked about in the law of one spiritual work. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I was using it in that terminology where, uh, yeah. where, where just like if you were going to, if you wanted to be a good tennis player, you would want to, you would want to have a, a good opponent that challenges you to, to bring out the best in you. Well, I kind of see the, the drama that's going on here on planet Earth being very much like that, where uh, where we have a a holographic drama going on, where we have some very committed uh, beings that are playing that role of the opponent to the light, and um, the opportunity is to catalyze for the light workers to uh, become catalyzed at deeper levels and to uh, become even more committed and organized and intelligent in their approach to things. And I understand that in the big, big picture, uh, all of these characters are just playing a role. But um, at the same time, we need to respect the, the situation and the experience in which we find ourselves. And we need to play the role that we've chosen as impeccably as possible. And uh, it just seems like every day now, uh, things are coming to a head more and more. And I keep thinking about that line in the Bible where it says, my people perish due to lack of knowledge. And, you know, the kind of work you're doing and the kind of work that I'm doing, which is to use communication abilities and communication technologies and to use the love in our heart and to use the clarity of our minds to at least challenge and seed other people's vibration to the point where at least some of them will remember who they are at a deeper level and why they're here seems to be what I'm compelled to be doing right now. That's amazing. You, uh, what, what's fascinating to me is that you said you really had a catalyzation for your own awakening at about age 19, correct? Correct. And you are far older than 19 now, correct? I'm 60. <laughs> so you've had over four decades of truth seeking, which to me is stunning because that, you know, it's, it's obviously a very lonely road with truth seeking. Oftentimes I've only been doing it for about five to six years now. And I'll say, I mean, many, many of friends have distanced themselves along their way. So how have you, one question, has it been a lonely road? Have you found any 
um, anybody to walk with you or how many people have walked away from you and how have you uh, managed that? Well, that's a great question. And uh, it makes me think of the line in the Bible, seek you first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're committed to truth, what happens is that your circumstantial world will eventually and ongoingly reorganize itself uh, spontaneously if you allow it to reflect your 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 vibration and how that's growing and changing and in my generation they call that your vibe attracts your tribe okay and and what happens is is that not everybody wants to go at a pace that's as fast as you want to go or a pace that's as fast as I want to go so what happens is is that people will come in and out of your life primarily. You might have a small handful of people that are going to be with you on a long-term basis, but but I have found that uh, most people don't want to go at the pace we want to go at. And so one of the lessons of being a fast-track radical light worker is learning what love is. And part of what love is is honoring the beingness of every being profoundly and allowing them to make their own choices as you allow yourself to make your own choices without any judgment, but increasing levels of discernment. And what will happen is, is a lot of people will spend maybe um, a couple of weeks with you or a couple of months being close to you. And then they've assimilated as much as they can. And then they might go away for a few years and then they might come back. I mean, I've gotten letters from people 15 years later that said, hey, you know, I wasn't all that clear what you were talking about back then, but now I understand and I, I really appreciate it. So you never know the impact that you're having. And Yeah, I've had that experience too. It's amazing. And to realize that people are going to move in and out of your life and to understand that there's nothing wrong with that, that that is part of the role that you're playing as as a fast track truth seeker catalyst and and you just end up making peace with that and you're you find that your primary relationship is with life itself and your primary relationship is with love itself and you 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 become an excellent steward of what's in front of you so if there's a particular human relationship that you're having or a certain relationship you're having with an organization that you have a contract with, you, you be as impeccable as you can in those relationships and you honor those agreements and hopefully you become wise enough that you learn how to make agreements that aren't really messy to unwind later on and you you learn how to under-promise and over-deliver. And after a while, you learn how to simplify your life and you learn about where your boundaries are and you develop the wisdom that goes along with the love and um, things start to fall into place. But it's, uh, it can be shocking to realize if you take the general pool of people that claim to have spirituality as a high priority and you actually look at 
how people live and how they prioritize themselves and what they do and actually where they spend their time and their money and their caring and their focus, it can be quite shocking to realize that the number of really serious, mature, committed light workers on the planet is still fairly small. That is true. Actions speak far louder than words. And right now we really need action and it's really helping us sift through who's, who's real and who's not. But you know, it's not just any action because there's so many activists out there that are, that are taking action, but it's not inspired action. It's needs to be conscious action. It's reaction. You know, if you look at, for example, the classic example, I would say, you know, and, and it's, it, it's happening, it's not just happening by itself. I mean, obviously, the dark forces are, are feeding this and, and contributing to it. But a really good example of how people's actions can be reactive and get hijacked and end up unwittingly serving the other side would be just to look at yes. what happened a few months ago with, with those marches of the what was it, hundreds of thousands or millions of women? Yeah, there was at least, yeah. uh, I'm from Seattle here, there's at least yeah. hundreds of thousands, if not close to a million. I think it was one of the bigger ones in the country. Right, and so I understand that if a group has been oppressed, I understand they're going to go through a period of anger. But the thing is, if you get stuck in that anger and you get into judgment and your mind starts focusing on what you can destroy and what you can tear down, and everything, that energy of anger, that kind of righteous anger and judgment and wanting to hurt and wanting to punish, that kind of action is actually, people would be appalled if they, had, if they were clairvoyant or they were clairsentient and they could see the impact of that kind of action, what it's really doing vibrationally, they would be shocked. Literally, they'd be brought to their knees. And so it's very important to understand that Action is required today, but it needs to be inspired action that comes from a deep place of being and a deep place of knowing. And the journey that human beings have to go through to go from uh, their habitual ego state of consciousness to where they can be trusted to fairly consistently hear and act authentically, that river to cross from one side to the other is not an easy river to cross and mm-hmm. you have to be really committed and 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 you really have to be the benefit of a certain amount of grace where you come across the right teachers at the right time yeah wow profound my friend I love talking to you. It's amazing what, how, you, how spiritually inclined you are. I wanted now to ask you, I want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit and ask you some opinions of yours. Okay. I'm not one to avoid looking at the negative. I think the, um, that's an issue with a lot of people in the, like you said, the spiritual and new age movements these days who don't necessarily understand what's really going on. I think we have to look at the negative and accept it to be able to transcend that duality consciousness. 
So when you say dark forces, tell me what your opinion of the dark forces, who they are, what they are, what they're trying to do. Well, you can look, it depends what window you look from. Like you could look at it at a solar galactic level and you could talk about like um, archons and beings that are hanging out in the lower levels of the etheric and the astral plane that are distorting the light and, uh, and, and are, are basically service to self uh, beings. And so you could look at it at that level. You could look at it at the planetary level, at the level of the, what most people think of as the cabal, the Illuminati. You could look at it as that plays out through institutions. You could look at it, how it plays out at the level of, uh, of vaccinations, public school agendas, uh, GMOs. uh, uh, You know, you could just slice it at any level, but it's all the same thing. It's a fractal universe. (laughs) It's all the same thing as above, so below. It is all the same thing. And and in order to master it, you've got to come to the point where you actually realize for yourself and you see it. It's not just a concept, but you realize it's all the same thing. And to realize that there's a certain level of, of existence where where that game of, where this hologram of light versus dark um, is no longer useful. Um, there are dimensions where, where, they, where that doesn't exist, but we're not anywhere near that. And so um, we're, we're in a world where the high contrast between the light and the dark is the primary catalyst for learning and awakening. And unless you are committed to learning through wisdom, the way most people are catalyzed to learn is through pain and suffering. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the journey of this uh, kind of Star Wars-like game here with the light and the dark, providing such high contrast experiences, um, is an enormous opportunity and catalyst for discovering aspects of human nature and human possibility that in other realities where there's not such high contrast, those lessons would be learned either not at all or might take eons of time, whereas we're in this incredible window of opportunity where we have a chance to, everything's so compressed, we have a chance to... um, to learn so much in a short period of time. However, many, many humans are not going to, in this, in their particular lifetime, they're not going to be willing or able to fully integrate this. And you're going to see a lot of people, you are seeing a lot of people already getting sick and dying and checking out. But obviously, um, obviously there can be a real game changer in our lifetime you know, some people call it the event, but obviously there can be some wave or pulse of galactic energy that funnels through our solar system and onto our planet that produces such a quantum leap that it's even hard for us to conceive of. But I don't see that happening until we continue 
to do a lot of clearing work, um, both at the uh, individual level and the collective level, and even the even yeah. even the extra planetary level. And you know, there's some of us that are actively involved in using our energies to help with transmutation at all of those levels. But um, but the whole question of good and evil or light and dark or service to self versus service to others is a big topic. And, um, you know, one of the questions uh, uh, a truth seeker will have sooner or later is the question of, well, if love is all there is and our creator is a loving being, how come our planet has been primarily uh, under the control of dark forces for uh, at least the last 13,000 years, if not more? And um, one piece of information that many people don't understand that helps to clear that up, which um, the law of one is really great at communicating, is the idea that the dark forces are the service to self beings because they're swimming upstream against the basic flow of love and goodness, for them to hold their position in the hologram, they have to have such, a, such an impeccable commitment to playing that role. And, um, and they've had a much more impeccable commitment to, keeping that, to playing that role than the light workers have had to playing their role. But now it, it's getting so um, dramatic that hopefully this catalyst will catalyze the light workers to be as impeccable about playing their role as the dark forces have been for for thousands of years playing their role. And when you understand that um, the degree to which the black magicians or the dark forces have been totally committed 24-7, long-range planning, century after century, to uh, consistently being committed to their goals and their visions, you can start to understand what's really going on and why things are the way they are, and also understand the potential for how quickly it could all shift if mm -hmm. the light workers really got it, because the light workers have access to the heart, which is where the main engine of life and love is, and it would be absolutely no contest. But the dark forces have done such a great job of hijacking uh, people's consciousness and energy that now it really takes an enormous heroic commitment on the part of a light worker to break free from that. And so my commitment is to do what I can to connect with and empower um, light workers who maybe don't have as much experience on the path as I do, that um, they can learn from in a time compressed way from my experience and that they'll stand on my shoulders and do even greater things. That's one of the reasons I like talking to you and other people of your generation that are really committed because you don't have the same challenges that I had. You have other challenges and you have other advantages that I don't have. And so, you know, I'm 60 years old and so I'm looking at, okay, what's the best use of my energy and my time? And I came to the conclusion that one of the best uses of my energy and time is to be on the lookout for people like yourself because if I can empower and inspire you guys to be better light workers, then you guys can take it farther than I've been able to take it. 
I appreciate that. It's interesting you say, and it makes a lot, it connects a lot of dots when you say the dark forces have had such a conviction to keep us asleep. But now what's happening is that the light workers are essentially waking up, finding that conviction, but unconsenting or disconsenting from the system. And that's essentially turning the wheel of karma. Um, hitting back their black magic with essentially our white magic and you know we're able to access the heart again as you said to make the universal forces work in our favor instead of theirs absolutely you know there's an expression the law of grace transcends the law of karma which is another way of saying that unity ultimately transcends the appearance of duality and yeah, the power of our co-creative consciousness Yes, but one thing that is very important is that um, there are a lot of groups and people and teachers and organizations, whether they be in the New Age movement or the Green movement or the more organized religious movement or some kind of activist movement that actually mean well, but they don't have the spiritual wisdom and discernment to go along with that good intention. And a lot of times the road to hell can be paved with good intentions. So it's very important when, you know, when people start to wake up, there's still a lot of traps. And, um, you know, the new age movement was really hijacked very strongly, I would say, by the by the early 1990s, a lot of the really heart-centered creative energy that spawned the New Age movement back in the late 60s and early 70s was very exciting and very dynamic, and there was a lot of resonance to truth with a capital T. But, you know, I would say that, you know, the New Age movement primarily got hijacked by the early 90s. And so I think people have to be really careful where they look. and. Um, I've just seen a lot of people get burned, a lot of people get lost, a lot of people waste a lot of time, a lot of dead ends, losing a lot of time and money and losing, having a lot of their energy and consciousness hijacked. So it's really important to be, when you're choosing a teacher or a path or a mentor or something to align with, it's really important to be very, very discerning. Absolutely. And it's interesting you say, you know, the, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. That the best um, example I can give in that scenario is, like you said earlier, the vaccination issue. We have millions of doctors out there who wholeheartedly believe in them. And it's not their fault that, you know, that they're pushing so many toxic, toxic vaccines. It's who teaches them. It's the dark forces above them that is the issue. So at least in my generation, you know, a lot of people are beginning to wake up and go, Oh, I hate doctors and yada, yada. Well, it's not the doctors. It's who's teaching the doctors. So it's very important. Like you said, to be, you know, the doctors get locked in at an early age. They have, there's a lot of intellectual indoctrination and then they are in the United States. They're saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. And uh, it's, 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 it's really tricky business to extricate yourself from that. People who are not doctors probably, it's hard for them to conceive the courage it takes to 
mm-hmm. um, to a really, lot of courage to really function with integrity and to you know the vaccine thing is way worse than people even most people that are against vaccines don't have no idea how nefarious the vaccine situation is that's the, the foundation of the cut poison burn medical system you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of in addition to all the poisons and GMOs and heavy metals there's a lot of nanobot technology going on that gets triggered by some of yeah. the other toxins and it's really really bad and then also it's just not a good idea to mix uh, DNA from different species directly into the bloodstream where you don't give the body a chance to individualize that vibration. So there's all sorts of problems with that. And then if you combine that with the general toxicity levels, the general stress levels, the fluoride, the chemtrails, the GMOs, the, you get a situation where there's so much uh, vibrational um, jamming of signals between the human being and their soul going on that that's what I'm trying to say is it takes an enormous commitment to um, to break through that noise so that you can start to increase the signal and reduce the noise to the point where the signal to noise ratio of your connection between being your human self and your higher self starts to really start resonating again and you can start to know who you are that that takes an enormous commitment in this particular day and age, but the, but the opportunity that we have is also unprecedented. And I see a lot of the, I see the dark forces really being um, very um, in panic mode. I see them doing things that are backfiring. Like, like for example, the attempt to um, the attempt to completely eliminate uh, natural news uh, from the internet, Mike Adams Group, and the um, and not allowing uh, Alex Jones to advertise online and robbing uh, him of uh, between three and four million dollars worth of revenue this year, just um, just without any recourse. These kinds of actions, once they're getting exposed, it actually ends up being to the advantage of the light because the dark is getting exposed. And, you know, there's an old expression, if you give evil enough rope, it'll hang itself. And there's a lot of truth in that. Evil will eventually implode on itself because, because, um, because the dark forces cannot create. That's why they have to hijack you because you can create. And so, um, so once you understand that, it helps, you to, um, it helps you to have the courage to be in the arena without uh, getting stuck in all the drama, but you're still, you're still playing the game at 100%, and you're, you're, you're playing the role that you're playing with 100% commitment, but you also have a certain spiritual altitude that allows you to um, to stay in the game and to be effective and to stay peaceful in the midst of a lot of um, apparent chaos. Uh, absolutely. One last one last um, question I want to ask you here. 
we're almost approaching 50 minutes to an hour. You rattled off a lot of nefarious ways that the dark forces try to inhibit our growth. You mentioned vaccines, GMOs, chemtrails, the nanoparticles, um, all that jazz. One, doesn't it amaze you how resilient our bodies really are to holding up to the massive attack that we've had? (laughs) And two, um, explain how anybody listening to this can best protect themselves from all of this attack and help to wake their friends and family up who might be a little bit more asleep. Okay, so taking the first question first, uh, the body is amazing. The power and the intelligence that created the body in the first place is still right here with you right now or else you would be dead. And uh, one of the ways that the dark tries to hijack you is to try to get you to believe that your body is a machine instead of realizing that your body has in, is, an, is an organism, has tremendous uh, self-organizing, self-regenerating, self-healing properties. And uh, when you start to have that mindset, you really start to tap into the ideas and the practices and the, and the materials and the, the foods and the, and the things that you need. So it is amazing. And then uh, in terms of what people can, well, then your second question is basically what people can do? To, yeah, to best, um, what can people do to best str- uh, disconnect from the system that does not serve them? So how can they best okay. strengthen their physical and spiritual selves and help to awaken their own friends and family and help them strengthen themselves? Okay, well, I'm going to answer that question on two levels, on the physical level and on the metaphysical level. So on the physical level, I would say um, it's very important to stay well hydrated with high-quality water. That's absolutely essential. I'd say another thing that's important is to stay grounded, to spend some time barefoot walking on natural surfaces, getting Mm -hmm. sun. Um, learning how to breathe properly where you're actually taking really nurturing, slow, deep breaths, I think is really, really important. Um, uh, Systematic detoxification where you learn how to safely cleanse on a periodic basis, I think is really vital. I think uh, there are certain foods that, or uh, foods, I use that word lightly. There There are certain additives and Um, that are in a lot of foods that Americans are eating that are incredible frequency jammers. So if you want to stop jamming your frequencies, there's certain things you almost have to be rigorous with yourself to cut out. Like it's very important to cut out uh, partially hydrogenated oils. It's very important to cut out refined carbohydrates. Very important to cut out MSG. Very important to cut out... GMOs, very important, very, 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 very important to cut out artificial sweeteners. Uh, Very important to get a chlorine filter also for your shower because the hot shower, the chlorine vaporizes and you breathe it in. So that's very important. And also if you are in an area where your water is fluoridated, very important to uh, get something that will block that because uh, fluoride 
is very dulling to the brain and can jam the frequencies of the pineal gland. So that these are some things physically. And then, and then also learning how to move your body, how to exercise in ways that actually leave you empowered rather than spent. Uh, learning about uh, interval training, learning about exercises that actually stimulate and move qi or chi, uh, learning how to do resistance training where you're doing it not with a weight, but you're doing it with whole body movement. These are, th these are things that are very powerful. Metaphysically, I would say the most important thing you can do is learn to discover who you are beyond the stream of thoughts that are traveling through your space at any moment in time because so much of your suffering and so much of what leads you to reactive living is based on just thoughts that, are, that you're vibrating to that are in your space that you don't question, that you're entangled in. And so if I have a student that is serious about developing higher levels of self-realization, usually the first discipline that I'll give that person is a meditation where they, um, where they take a slow, deep breath and on the exhale, they let go of thoughts. They let go of thinking, they let their thoughts go and until you have a sense of yourself as more of a fundamental vibratory presence that exists independent of the stream of thoughts um, your ability to be peaceful and effective and healthy is going to be really really limited so i would say the first metaphysical challenge for people who really are serious about mastering things at this level is to develop a sense of who they are independent of the thought stream. Like if I want to, I can go into a space where um, I'm not having very many thoughts or if I am having a thought in my space, I'm so spacious in relation to that thought that I don't get entangled in it and it gives me a very empowered relationship to the whole realm of human thinking and human thought. And once you have a sense of yourself as a living presence that is not dependent on any particular thought or set of ideas or philosophies, then you can go deeper in your spirituality and realize that even deeper than presence is this infinite spacious awareness. You just gave about a full course of holistic health in about seven minutes there. That was fantastic. And then, of course, you, ultimately, you have to go beyond even concepts like awareness because um, the whole concept of awareness is a concept. And so eventually, you have to let go of the, you know, the mind is like the, you can use the mind to go beyond the mind. But eventually you have to even let go of concepts like awareness and, and just um, recognize your union with the great mystery. But that's sort of the path of self-realization. And then the problem is, is that historically people who've come to that level of realization have mostly come out of the East 
And then when they came out of the East, they, they experienced that level of, of non-duality. And then they thought that that was it. But that's not it. You know, if you think about Joseph Campbell's model, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's like going to the top of the mountain. But then you got to come down the mountain and then you got to live among the people. So that, 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 that space of self-realization, it, you can get stuck in that. And it's just a stepping stone to, um, to enlightened living and to not escape your humanity, but to embrace it and to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's the, that's the human journey. And it's just a lot easier to take that journey if you have, uh, if you have some guidance. Because if you become enlightened and you don't share that, that's service to self in and of itself. Yeah, or another way of saying that is if you have this concept of being enlightened, but you're not living it and sharing it, it's not real enlightenment. It's now, it's now devolved into a concept and an idea, which is not enlightenment. So um, the minute you try to grab it, it's gone. As the law of one would say, it's the teach slash learn process. You know, that's an interesting way to put it because it's funny because a lot of people look at me and they go, oh man, he's really a teacher. But it's not that I don't see myself as a teacher, but if you asked me what my core passion was, I would say it's learning. Mm -hmm. And, but the, but it, but the duality eventually collapses because we learn what we teach and we teach what we learn. Mm. Profound, my friend. It's fantastic. It's always great talking to you. You're such a wealth of spiritual knowledge, my friend. Thank you. And with me being such a young age, there's, there's always something I gather metaphysically from our talks. It's fantastic. Is there anything in particular that, um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if it's okay, is there one or two things that are really present for you right now that likely would have not been present for you if we hadn't had this conversation? You know, a, a lot of what you say in entering the heart space, definitely, because I'm so focused on the physical world that we're in right now, just with this such turbulent times and trying to wake up my friends and family that I, I often forget to focus on the metaphysical self. I forget to meditate. I forget to um, focus on the heart centered living and things like that. So it's not necessarily that I'm taking away something from this, but it's that it's bringing me back down to, or I should say not bringing me back down to earth, but it's uh, bringing me back into my metaphysical self. So it's whenever right. I talk to you, it's always a, it's almost as if it's a, a coaching life lesson in and of itself. And then it, it sends me off to remember to focus on the spiritual work of things. And, and, and it'll come more and more. The more you make that your prime commitment, mm-hmm. the more the duality will collapse and you'll see that it's all just one thing. But I realized when you were talking, and thank you for the acknowledgement, I realized when you were talking that I didn't answer the last part of your question, which was how to best positively impact those that you care about. And I would say 
the number one thing is to be what to be what you want to see. Mm. Be what you want to see. Whatever quality you want to experience more in the world, be that. Be that quality. And it is, and it is really that simple. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a wonderful, wonderful, profound saying that I actually learned from two different spiritual teachers. And they, the words were virtually identical. And I'll, 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 I'll leave you with this one. The steps of getting there are the qualities of being there. And the qualities of being there are the steps of getting there. Fantastic. Be the change you wish to see. Be the change you wish to see. You know, uh, if you... But here's the kicker. It's really hard to freely be what you want to be until you see what you have been being. Mm-hmm. And, this so that's, is, and that's what's so amazing about these times that we're living in is because this Trump administration is being that mirror. It's forcing people to look at themselves. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, if you look, if you look at Trump, it's, his strengths are so strong and his blind spots are so blind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and so part of where I'm putting my energy now is developing alliances with people who may be able to communicate directly with Trump. Mm-hmm. Because I personally don't think he's surrounding himself necessarily with the best people. And I understand that he might have had to, to make some deals to even survive to this point. But I really think he's in a very critical period right now. And, um, you know, we don't have time to get into it in this conversation, but I think there's some really critical conversations he's having coming up with world leaders. And I think if he had some really knowledgeable um, service to other beings who are also strategic and tactical geniuses to be able to interact with before some of these meetings with some major heads of state, uh, things might go a lot more to our liking. And so I'm, I'm really putting energy now into cultivating trustworthy relationships with people who may be able to directly or indirectly help to make something like that happen. That's awesome, my friend. You're doing, you're doing the good work. And I thank you for giving me such profound wisdom in this interview. You're welcome. So, um, Thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate it. And again, I meant what I said that um, that I really believe that your generation has different challenges than mine, but also different opportunities. Like, uh, like the fact that you are where you are now at age twenty six, I, I it's beyond my current capacity to imagine where you're going to be at thirty six and forty six and 56 and you will be so when when you're 60 you're going to be so far 
beyond where I am in this moment of now in six, as, as a 60 year old human being right now, that it's, it, it's mind boggling. And so, you know, I've always stood on the shoulders of people who truth lovers who've gone before me. And my greatest wish is for people like yourself to continue on in that tradition and to, um, if there's anything I can do to inspire and support you and people like you, it's, it's my pleasure. I appreciate that. There are many, many people whose shoulders that I am standing upon and you're one of them. And then there's many people who will be after me. For instance, my four-year-old son, I'm, I'm amazed to see where he's going to be in, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, because with me as his father, he will have an extra, you know, 20 yeah. years of awakening because I, I can actually groom him to understand and discern. So there's foundations upon foundations upon foundations we're building. So I thank you for being the foundation before me. You're welcome. And it never ends. Never ends. Never ends into infinity. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've really enjoyed today's uh, episode and have gotten a lot of value out of it. Out of it. We've been, uh, this is Dr. David, the cutting edge doc and We've been having a conversation. I've been having a conversation with Jordan Sather. And, um, and you can access these podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, or even better, just go to our website at cuttingedgedoc.com. That's cuttingedgedoc.com. And uh, always appreciate um, you sharing these and going to iTunes and giving the show a five-star rating. And if you'd like to financially support me and my family so that I can continue doing this more and more. There's also a donate button there. And uh, Jordan, feel free to uh, use this as an episode on your YouTube channel if you find that it's appropriate. I will, absolutely. So with that, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. joining us for today's episode of freeing the body freeing the soul to access all episodes including show notes go to cuttingedgedoc.com that's cuttingedgedoc.com lastly if you love today's show you can support dr david his work and the show by going over to itunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.